This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings from Phoenix, Arizona, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 29th, episode 2005, brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World. Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Here we can go again. Oh, and away we go. Did you see the big news yesterday, Jamie, out of the horse world? I feel like I did not, Glenn, because you seem very excited about something that I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, it's sad, actually, in a way, um, and happy for other people. Uh, Michael Young, a venture Michael Young, who was like number one in the world for about the last 10 years uh, and has won what seems like pretty much everything, has withdrawn from the World Equestrian Games. His, what? his horse, Fisher Rakana, uh, was it Fisher Rakana? Yep. Fisher uh, Rakana, the yep, mayor. Has sustained an injury to the left front fetlock in training. And he Aww. said, according to the veterinarian, it is a minor injury, but it takes time to heal. Unfortunately, this time is too short until the departure, and we could not complete the last training sessions. Of course, Fisher Rakana is a 13 year old German sport horse mayor, won individual silver medal at the 2014 WAG, and I'm sure was really looking for gold this time, and was considered a heavy favorite for Tryon. Uh, it's the first time, get this, let's <laughs> just show you how dominant he is. It's the first time since 2009 that Michael Young will not appear on a German team at a major championships. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Almost 10 Doesn't years. he have like 17 horses in the wings? Well, like, how does that work? They're pulling up Sandra Offerth. I can never say her name. Offerth? Um, they're pulling her up uh, to the reserve slot, and she's the one that won gold in 2014. So here, think about this. The team is so deep that Michael Young is out, but the second place, the alternate, is the person who won gold at the last week. Okay. That's amazing. <laughs> so it's not like uh, we're bringing up the uh, B team here. So that's how deep their team is. Now, the ride she's going to be on is not the same horse she was at at Wagon 2014. It's a different horse. It's uh, Viamont Dumont's. And this is actually going to be the first time this horse has run a four-star. So it could be interesting to see what happens with that. But, you know, it's Germany. The horse will be fine. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I mean, Michael Young is like the Terminator, man. He doesn't... He doesn't not show up. Yeah. I feel like he should be the, his all, own alternate. I know, but apparently maybe he doesn't have a second horse that was ready, or you know, maybe he had just run the horse that would have been the second. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Michael Young's out. It was big news. It was like, uh, and, and do you think, okay, now let's be honest. You know, everybody's sad, and no eventer wants to see somebody out because of a horse injury. But do you think the other eventers in the back of their mind are going, I got a chance. <laughs> you know what? I don't. I feel like in the very bad other sports, maybe a that little would corner. be like that. 
Maybe, maybe, but I feel like Aventors are like, I could have beat him anyway. Yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) Well, and then it's like, you know, and you hear every professional saying this, they want to beat the best because that makes them the best. If the best doesn't show up, then are they really the best? You know, so you always have that in the back of your mind. Could I beat Michael Young? I feel like Aventors, like as as an Aventor, I... I actually sometimes qualify for the regular divisions, but I always ride in the open against the quote professionals because I feel like that makes me ride better. And I don't want to beat a, you know, a 19 year old girl doing her first horse trial, you know, your first <laughs> training level. I want to beat the professional who does it. So I don't know. I think that I always sign up for the open. I always want to beat the best. And um, I never do, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, is, are you sure it's just because you don't like the colors of the ribbons from 5th to 10th better? <laughs> <laughs> I have so many brown ribbons, it's embarrassing. Yeah, the and brown ribbon. Icky. I always thought the brown ribbon should be changed. I always thought that was an icky color for a ribbon. You know what they did at the last horse show? Because I went to get my brown ribbon. It was the Southern Arizona horse brown? show. It's like 5th, 6th, 8th. I can't eight. remember. 8th, okay. It's 8th. And they only plays up to 8th. And she hands me this beautiful turquoise ribbon. Oh wow. And I go, I'm so sorry. No. She got the wrong I got one. Eighth place. <laughs> I, I I got eighth place and she was like, oh honey, I was not not gonna give out those ugly brown ribbons. And I was like, thank you. Yes. <laughs> makes Yay! eighth place worthwhile again. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> wow, we can get off on a tangent. Yeah. Jimmy, why don't you tell us what's coming up on today's show? My pleasure. On today's show, in our weekly horse health report, guest Dr. Madison Siemens shares an update in equine health. We'll also hear from Monty Roberts a little later in the show. Plus, we give you a product review, the latest in Crapulous Wednesday, and a brand new study show, so you don't want to miss any of it. It's a packed show as always today, guys. And speaking of today, today is National Lemon Juice Day. So whether you are squirting some on your favorite fish dish, fish dish, that's hard to say, using it as a household cleanser or emergency deodorant, or simply turning lemons into lemonade, celebrate the wonder that is lemon juice. You forgot one. You take some sparkling water and lemon juice Mm -hmm. and you do about a fit like maybe 20 percent lemon juice sorry 80 (laughs) percent you stole my punch ladies this is what i drink at night you do some lemon juice some sparkling water and vodka and then it's like zero calories and there's a lot of vitamin c hello it's like drinking healthy (laughs) very nice perfect Perfect, oh, yeah. Jamie. And Jamie now we and know why she's a little slow in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I shake out of it pretty quick. <laughs> uh, so for those that, um, before we get to our daily winnies, for those that missed it, uh, Jamie did a post on the auditor page yesterday. I was getting a number of people who were saying, oh, Jamie's moving to rural Oklahoma. They're really concerned about you having internet and that you weren't going to have it and you were going to quit the show after you moved. Um, let's, let's, well, let, let's let me stop. let me explain why I think that is. Because on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we've had some guest co-hosts who are from very rural areas who have really crappy internet. Uh, and we're fighting with that all the time. So I think they probably had a legitimate concern that, about that. I will commute 
to the local Starbucks and sit outside and steal Wi-Fi. Can you get them to sponsor too? Coming to you live from Starbucks in <laughs> Norman, live Oklahoma. From some crappy <laughs> ass coffee place that sells nasty coffee. Uh, anyway, yeah, they're not going to sponsor after that. Um, so here's the deal, Glenn. I don't think that anybody actually messaged me, uh, messaged you about this. Oh, they did. Nobody did. Let's be real. No, it was they did. All you, you're scared. <laughs> no, I had already talked to you about it. I already knew the answer, but uh, I'm not going to leave you. And for all people hard. that are not auditors that did not see my post, I really would like for whoever sent Glenn a message, if it actually happened, to stop because you're scaring him and he's too old and frail That's to right. feel the fear of that. He emotionally <laughs> and physically can't handle it. That's right. You have to, Jamie, people are thinking you're leaving. Oh my God. They're I got tired of answering him individually. I was going to make a form letter. Um. <laughs> <laughs> is it, what were they things like, is it really true? Yes. Is she actually leaving? Finally, we got rid of her. <laughs> Is it is it real? <laughs> oh my god. Not going anywhere. Jamie's not going anywhere. I won't let her. So that's uh and Chad wants her to have a job too. So there's that. Yeah, he yeah. prefers that. Yeah. <laughs> he does prefer that. Plus, if I talk to you guys about horses, I don't talk to him about horses. And let's be real. She owns three properties right now. She needs all the money she can get. So I'm a land bearer. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> when you have three mortgages, you have to make money. There's just Look, no Chad, choice. do you realize we have three farms? He's like, Yeah, I know they gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> so are you putting your your one anybody want a place in Arizona? We'll have to do an ad for it here when you're ready to sell. We'll do it. Yes, we will. But it's actually a really lovely place. So it'd be like a good ad, not a bad ad, because I love it here. Aside from July and August, this place rocks. And I mean, seriously, I love my house. I love my setup for the farm. I love my arena. I love everything about where I live. So that's why it's really hard to. And the 85 miles of riding you can do right outside of your back door. There's that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. That's really, really nice as well. Now, when I moved to Oklahoma, Lord willing and the creek don't rise, it's still there because I saw a for sale sign on it. But Feather Creek Farms is a mile from me. And Feather Creek has horse trials like four times a year and clinics and everything. It's a huge eventing facility a mile from me in Oklahoma. So we're pulling for that. That's still going to be there. I didn't know um, that there was a, an eventing facility in Oklahoma. So who does? <laughs> Apparently the people in Oklahoma do. Because somebody said to me, hey, you ride English? There's an English place near uh, in Norman. I'm like, yeah, I know. I I'm going to be near that. Oh, you should you should probably talk to them. Yeah, I know. Thanks. <laughs> well. <laughs> oh, geez. Anyway, well. Don't let them know you do, do a some... show. Let's keep that out of it. Oh, Just I tell me. nobody, honey. <laughs> to, people that know me are like, what? Like, you do what? Like, the, at the last day of teaching the courses at Monty's, Monty's like, well, I'm sure you guys listen to her show now. And everybody's like, What? <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm t- I don't tell you because I'm talking about you. That's right. <laughs> That's why right. we don't like, you know, everybody says, oh, I'm sure your family listens. No, none of them do. That's, nobody listens. Our, no, our family, please, no, please. I have family God. members that's, that say, I haven't heard from you in a while. What's going on? I say, I do. I'm an hour and a half every day on a show talking about what I do. You could no. listen. And then I wouldn't I have to repeat I don't feel like, it no, it's not that you need them to listen. I don't care if they listen. I just really don't want to tell it all over again. Exactly. It's like, why am I telling this again when I just told the whole world? I Believe just told tens not. of thousands of people what I do. Yeah. When you go places, are you quiet? Because I am. <laughs> Scary just uh, 
sent me a message that said, I feel another scary Craigslist ad coming on for the sale of Jamie's farm. Uh, you know what? Scary, you can go ahead and write a Craigslist ad for the 11 acres in Oklahoma. That's a swamp. Thank you very much. Because right. we put that one on the market. All right, we, we, better, find it on Zillow. we better get to our daily winnies quick. We have, do- we have a doctor waiting. Well, mine's really quick. I want to welcome new auditors, Susan Tier. Tier? Teary? I don't know. Teary? Could be any one of those three. Welcome, Susan and Kathy Agens. Agens? Again, you guys need simple names like Smith. Uh, I want to <laughs> wench- or welcome you both as uh, new auditors. If you would like, head on over to Facebook and search for HRN Auditors and ask to join the group. That's where the party is. So uh, congratulations and welcome you both. Thank you so much for doing that. Well, I'm glad that Dr. Siemens is on hold um, for this daily Winnie because he has to listen to it. And then he has like, unlike my, my vet came out yesterday and she was in such a hurry that I don't feel like I got to give her the whole life story of what happened to my horse. So he's going to have to listen to it. So you guys, I'm training for this 25 mile endurance ride that I'm going to do that all of you a-hole listeners talked me into (laughs) and made me do pretty much. And so I've been training for this endurance ride and I was, you know, I have that 25 miles of farm fields that I can ride. So I've been out there uh, every morning, really super early riding. And on Saturday I was out with my friends and we're all training together. And Zeus took just a funny step you know, just like one of those, like, whoa, that was weird. And we were just trotting along. There was no change in the footing, but uh, you know, it's a farm field. So it's not like perfect, you know, all the time. And so I just took a little funny step, but he doesn't limp or anything. So we trotted on and we trotted, you know, all the way home. And then that night I noticed he had like a little swelling and I was like, oh crap. And I I remembered that one funny step he took. I take him out. He's not lame. No, nothing. You know, put him on a circle, put him straight away. Not lame. Then, uh, the next day it's a, the swelling's a little bigger. So I'm like, well, in the stall and you know, I'm going to restrict your movement. So Zeus, the monster Mustang, that is the escape artist has been on stall rest since Sunday. <laughs> so it's Wednesday. Can you imagine the destruction? Oh my God. It's amazing. So, but he's keeping his wraps on. So I finally had to have the vet out yesterday. Dr. Hendricks comes out and she is in a really big hurry. She's had emergency after emergency. She has to get her kids off the bus. Like she's really stressed out, but I'm like, you have to ultrasound this. I had a whole list of things for, her, but ultrasound was all she had time for. She puts a probe on it. She's like, yep, there is a flipping strain in the deep digital flexor tendon. And now my horse is out of the race. Oh no. I cannot tell you how soul crushing it is. However, the good news as far as his prognosis for existence, it was just a light strain. We we can bring Dr. Siemens on because you guys, he's supposed to come on and talk about leptospirosis. And I was like, uh, Dr. Siemens, we're gonna talk about tendons first. <laughs> so I sent him the ultrasound pictures this morning via Facebook. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to friend request you and then I'm going to send you pictures and I'm going to use you as my own personal second opinion. <laughs> so good morning, Dr. Siemens. How are you? Oh, I was doing pretty good till I saw those pictures. 
<laughs> oh, no. oh no, Doctor Siemens! Are, there is an advantage to having your own show, as you can do things like this, and then <laughs> the guests have to cooperate. So there's that. So he didn't have yeah, to. Well, <laughs> well, there's that. No, I, I always I so enjoy visiting with you folks, and I really appreciate your uh, your including me as a as, as a guest here. I can't believe that. It's kind of like going on a second date, you know. I, I never went on a second date very often, so when you guys call me back the second time, I feel pretty pretty proud about that, so thanks for that. You're well, like it's God. the 10th time now. It's a full-blown, we're like dating, okay? It's like a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you had a bad, I think you had a bad uh, uh, experience with dating a veterinarian once before, didn't you? Oh, uh, he twice, has a good actually. memory. So I, God dang it. <laughs> I'm that. Let's move on. Let's talk tendons, okay? We don't need to talk about ex-boyfriends. That's right. You, you didn't pay his bill either, so what am I going to do, you know? I didn't even tell you about the one in New York. We'll talk about that oh, some okay. other time. Oh, I haven't even heard about <laughs> yeah, that one, or, so. Or, or not. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not okay. A, you know, anyway. The, 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 the ultrasound image that I saw on your horse, and, uh, you know, this puts me in a little bit of a bind because I uh, – I didn't get a chance to put my hands on the horse and, and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to disagree with, with my colleague that did the initial diagnosis, but perhaps we will have a different, uh, take on our terminology. And so this, this hole in his deep flexor tendon is, I, I would consider that a bit more than just a strain. Uh, the, and of course our listeners don't have the, don't have the advantage of being able to see those images, but I can, I can give you sort of a description and the, the beauty of being old, is uh, I can remember way, way, way before the days of ultrasound. And so we would see a, a swollen tendon. And basically what you're talking about here is a, is a tendon on the, on the back of the limb. So those are the, the flexor tendons and the suspensory apparatus. That's between the fetlock and the knee and the fetlock and the hock. And so those are, those are fairly sensitive tissues and strains and damage to those tissues. Those three particular tissues are the, number one cause for early retirement and performance horses of, of any discipline. And so the beauty of the ultrasound is it gives us a chance to be able to see the inside of these structures real time. And so before we had ultrasound, you, you have a, a swollen, you know, distal limb in, in that area where the flexor tendons and suspensory isn't. And uh, we would guess, yeah, we, we used to call it bowed tendon or tendonitis or tenosynovitis, those are all uh, descriptions of the same pathology. But now with the ultrasound, we can actually see the, the extent of that damage. And so uh, that's, that gives us some opportunities to, to not only make the diagnosis of specifically what structures involved, but also give us some prognostic indications based upon the progress as we will come out and we will scan this limb again I generally do them at uh, 90 day intervals and uh, just to see the progress. See, see how that, that core lesion is filling in with, uh, with, uh, with scar tissue, basically, what it is. What it is. Okay. So, no, my vet is a, is a very sweet lady. And I'm glad that I have you to come on and tell me because I feel like she was trying to be really nice, <laughs> which is why I wanted you to, to take a look at it. I did just post the ultrasound picture on our auditor's Facebook page for those who want to go look at it. Uh, oh, wonderful. So yeah, so at least some people can see what you're talking about. So, um, 
we we have scheduled to because I'm supposed to move to Oklahoma in six weeks. So we scheduled her to come and take a look at uh, another ultrasound in uh, four weeks. So just sure. about exactly a month. And um, so what looking at this ultrasound, what would you do? What's 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 the prognosis for this particular horse for this? Pati- what should I do? Well, the, for for the folks who are able to see the images online, uh, what you're looking for, and I don't know, I don't know if you're able to circle the lesion or put an arrow on the lesion, or if you were able to Photoshop that so people can see what we're talking about. Do I'll do that? But the 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 beauty of the of the ultrasound again is being able to see that is be able to actually see, actually see the, the the location and the extent of the damage, and so the ultrasound images on for tendon is a nice homogeneous gray image. And so when you see an area inside where that structure is that is that is a darker color, that indicates that we've got some te- tearing of the tendon fibers and we've got fluid leaking in there. Okay, so, so I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it, Doctor Siemens, and it looks like yeah. Uh, first, I thought I was looking at an ultrasound for a baby, but I don't think that's it. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so, so it looks I'm like post it again. There's a gray the, blob yeah. on top and a gray blob on the bottom, and there's like two black circles. Is that the where the tear the black circles? No, the black the black circles on on either side of the uh, of the gray blob. That's yep. uh, those are blood vessels. Okay. So see the, the ultrasound. What the machine does is it actually generates ultrasound. It's a lot like sonar, and so what it does is it generates an ultrasound wave that bounces off of structures and comes back into the into the little probe, the transducer, and then the computer analyzes how much of that signal got bounced versus how much got absorbed. And so the ultrasound gets bounced completely off of air and bone and not at all off of water. And so on the top of that image there, you'll see a very, very bright white line. That bright white line is the interface between the air and the skin. So that's how you know, okay, this is skin. And then at the very, very bottom, you'll also see an area that's, that's a bright white, just a couple of flecks, and then there's black below that. Well, those couple of flecks there of bright white at the bottom of the image, that's bone. Doesn't bounce, it bounces completely off the, off the bone. So and then that, that gray, those gray areas, that's soft tissue. And the darker they are, the more fluid there is. So those little circles on either side, nice and symmetrical, those are blood vessels. And so that kidney bean-shaped structure on top, that's the superficial flexor tendon. And then the more 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 round structure just below that kidney bean shaped structure, that's the deep flexor tendon, and that's where the lesion is. Mm-hmm. So you look at the top structure, the kidney bean shaped structure, that's a nice homogeneous gray. Right. But then you move down to that circular structure, you can see on the right it's pretty nice and gray, but then on the left it's pretty dark. So mm-hmm. I would say about twenty five percent of that structure is involved, and so that is not a minor strain. This is this is a core lesion, and what that means is that those those fibers have been torn, and uh, and now we're just going to have to give it some time uh, for that to start to regenerate and start to. Hmm. So, how much time, Doc? Nine months. Whoa. No, that's not what that's not oh, what yeah. Jamie I wanted want to hear. <laughs> okay. okay, yeah, you, all your mother dresses you funny. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, uh, I think he is the other that, opinion. I was, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's all. That's what I was. You know, well, you know, it ain't costing you nothing, and it's worth every nickel, right? <laughs> uh, I'm going back the, to my other uh, bet. <laughs> you're fired. Yeah, well, you should. 
Well, I've been fired before. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> no, 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 what you, what you got going on here is that the body remodels those tendon fibers uh, on a nine-month cycle. And so and so every every time you take a step, you break one of those little tiny tendon fibers. That's just normal wear and tear. And so the body, there's there's fibroblasts, which is the cell population that regenerates tendon fibers, collagen fibers. And they will regenerate those on a very, very regular basis. And so they get they get broke down a little bit and then they get re, rebuilt by those fibroblasts. And so four and a half months ago, all the fibers that are in that tendon were not there. Those are all brand new fibers over the last four and a half months. And so over a nine-month course, then, then all of those tendon fibers will be regenerated. And so you're not going to get any more healing or any more reconstruction of that core lesion, that damage. Uh, after about nine or ten months, I mean, you're done. It's 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 as healed up as it's going to get. Okay. So that's why it's about a nine month period, which is which is a real challenge. But the other thing that you've got to know is that that tendonitis happens two ways. Okay, it can happen as a as a single incident of blunt trauma. In other words, you kick the pipe handle, you know, fall over a hole, something, you know, or it can be a chronic degenerative process. And so we see this in racehorses and to some extent endurance horses because they're, they're being worked pretty good. And what happens is, is that those, we'll, we'll take them out today and we'll break, we'll break down three more fibers than the body is capable of putting back together today. And then tomorrow we'll break down three more fibers and then the next day, three more fibers and the next day. And pretty soon you wind up with, you're breaking a lot more fibers than the body can regenerate. And that's when you'll develop that core lesion. And so on racehorses, we say, you know, he went out and bowed a tendon today. No, he started bowing that tendon about three months ago. Mm-hmm. And so we just reached a critical mass on your horse where, you know, when he took that bad step, he was trying to get off of something that bothered him a little bit. And that's what the bad step was coming from. He didn't do that damage from a bad step. He felt some pain and took a bad step to get off that painful area. But this, this it, had you ultrasounded him three months ago, you probably would have seen the beginnings of a correlation. And so that's why in, in some of the high-end race horses and endurance horses, we actually use ultrasound as sort of a preemptive strike to make sure that we're not overtraining. Hmm. Now, does this mean... You can see those, you can see those correlations a long time before you see pain and swelling. Does this mean stall rest, or what, what's this mean as far no. for the nine months? Well... Yeah, well, because this, that won't be an option we, with this horse. That's not good. No, no and this this is this is where we get out into the weeds with me a little bit. Okay, I I like thinking out of the box, and and but sometimes I've been accused of thinking out of the time zone. I mean, I'm I am out there, but I've been doing this like for you. a long time, and and our our ideas about stall rest on these horses, and there was a time that we were we were putting DMSO and dexamethasone sweats on these guys and leaving them in a in a stall for months and months and months. And then but the but the incidence of re injury after that type of convalescence is exceedingly high. And so what I would rather do is I would rather turn them out. And at this this is a little out of the box here, but I like I said, I've 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 done, you know, one or four of these. And over the over the period of I've kind of come full circle where, you know, there was a time where we were just confining and sweating and doing all these things. And in reality, we're delaying the healing, but we're not really helping things heal by by stall rest. Plus, 
I mean, if he's if he's running the walls, I mean, if he's tearing down the barn trying to get out of there, that's not exactly convalescence now, is it? So that's where I'm in in my dilemma because I do have a stall with an attached paddock, but I feel like I feel like walking. You know, when you stretch out those fibers and you they they get to remodel, they come back a little more flexible than just the stall rest does. So right now he's poulticed, and I thought, well, I'll keep him in the stall, um, but he is not happy right now. But if I turn him out, he's going to gallop his nuts off. So I I'm kind of in between. What is your uh, opinion on reserping? Well, um, we've, we've used some of the, the long term, the longstanding tranquilizers, uh, for all that reserping goes back probably 50 years or more. Mm-hmm. The, the challenge with that or with flufenazine is that, is that we can wind up, uh, in some cases, we can wind up with some pretty nasty reactions. So, uh, meaning they go nuts. And so, I, for me, I would much rather just turn him out and not worry about it. That leg is going to look bad for a long time. And I and I don't think and you know every every ten or fifteen years, somebody's going to come up with a miracle cure for tendonitis. And uh, it just it, it it never sticks around for very long. I mean, it, what it's going to take is just going to take you know convalescence. So I I like I like I will sweat or poultice those horses acutely to try to get some of the inflammation down. But you got to remember, the inflammation is our friend. I mean, it, it's there for a reason. And so I think inhibiting that to a certain degree might be beneficial. But I think at the end of the day, it kind of makes it look better, but it may not make it heal better. Mm-hmm. So there's there's been any one of a number of appliances, devices, injections uh, that come out. There's there's one out now, and I'm not going to give you the name. But if you read the, the the hard science on this injection, what they do is that they want you to inject that that lesion with this substance, and then and then he gets to convalesce for 12 months. Oh, yeah, and then he's pretty much just sitting up like you would have anyway. Well, dang, that's what I mean. If we're going to wait 12 months, you know, you could probably put tobacco juice on that thing and probably get the same, uh, <laughs> the, the, the same effect, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, well, but, but I, I like, I like the hand walk. And the other thing that I would do that you can't see on those images in real time is that I actually pick up the foot and I put my probe on that area where the lesion is. And then I, and then I flex and extend the foot because you can actually watch that deep flexor tendon slide along behind the superficial tendon. And if it's if it's sliding, that's really good. Uh, what can happen is you can wind up with some fibrous adhesions where those tendons are stuck together, and that's really bad. Right. So that's the reason. That's the reason in the prevention of those fibrous adhesions, and then and then just the stress that will actually stress is a good thing. The stress will allow those fibers to grow back in a much more healthy manner. Just like you said earlier, what we're looking at is for more elasticity there. And I, I you know. I, I, there's a lot of veterinarians out there that are going to argue with me about this, but I'll tell you, uh, having seen a few of them, I, I think I think turnout and hand walking is is the best way to go. But don't use a lot of anti-inflammatories on these horses if if they get so lame that they're starting to put uh, too much weight on the other foot. We can wind up with what's just called a support limb laminitis. They can they can founder on that other foot because this this one hurts so bad. That's a whole other realm. Of, of involvement than we're talking about here with your horse. So mm-hmm. I, on a case on a case like this, I'd be more at at hand walking and turnout than I would be at, at confining and and uh, and poultices and sweats and that kind of stuff that just just tends to delay healing. 
Gotcha. Okay. Well, this is all good information. I, I, I certainly know that he is a, the problem is, and this is where a lot of his, our problems have come is that he is the most stoic Mustang around. I mean, he really will not show lameness. We had a little bout of laminitis and the only way that you could even detect uh, was he started having a weird behavior. Like he would land off a jump and then just kind of crow hop. And I thought, well, that's not normal. So I had the vet out and she Basically, we put hoof testers on, and the only reason that we figured out it was laminitis was because she put the hoof testers right on the apex of the frog and squeezed, and his lip quivered. That's it. And so we take an x-ray, and he's got three degrees of rotation. So it's like this thing, I feel like, Zeus, son of a bitch, like if you would have told me. I wouldn't have trotted you five miles. (laughs) Like, God, why don't they tell me of these things? So frustrating. That's that's just part of that part of that breed. Those BLM horses are tough. Man, it's really annoying, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the here's the other side of it: is Thor is coming out of lesson horse work, and he's gonna have to start getting fit. You think I can get a horse a a, a, a horse that's been ridden twice a week uh, all summer to fit for a twenty five miler and six weeks? I think Thor. I think that's right. I think we get his little fat ass out there and uh, take him 25 miles. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Doctor, I, I need a fitness program, apparently. <laughs> Dr. Siemens, we have, Jamie has taken up all of our time. Will you come back and talk about Lepto, whatever that is, um, another day? Oh, absolutely. There's 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 a bunch of stuff out there now that that, uh, that your listeners really need to know about. Uh, and I, I'd be more than happy to talk to you. There's some interesting turn of science here just in the recent couple of years about this particular disease. And I, I think that would be a good topic for another day. All right. Well, we'll definitely have you back to do that. I know you studied <laughs> up on it me, too. And Dr. <laughs> she, she took up me. all the time. It's always about Jamie. Uh, <laughs> where can people find you? <laughs> is it cornerstoneequine.com? Yeah, it is. Cornerstone equine with one E between the cornerstone and equine. And then I want to plug my book. Yep. So when you get to the, the web, the website's down right now, but it should be up and running by tomorrow small small glitch you know electronic stuff the uh the name of the book is never trust a sneaky pony and other things they did not teach me in vet school <laughs> and so just go to the go to the uh cornerstoneequine.com click on the shopping link and that will spill you into my book and if you think this interview was bad just wait till you read all this stuff in print i mean this is great <laughs> I can't wait to get it. I just, I have to buy it now. Uh, they, I, I, that's it's your payment. I'll buy your book. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Siemens. Did I mention they were $1,900 a copy? <laughs> 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 I, I like it. Cost is no object, Doc. I ain't gonna pay you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard that before. Thank you, Doctor Stevens. Bye bye. Talk to you later. Thank you. You you have vets on just so you can talk about your personal stuff. I didn't know he was coming on. He was talking about lepto, and I wanted a second opinion anyway, because I do feel like Dr. Hendricks was so busy yesterday. I didn't get, and she's very nice. She's Canadian, so you know she's very nice, and she's like, it's not that bad. Have you paid her bill? Maybe that's why she was so short. You know what? I actually paid her right after that. Okay. But I owed her a lot. (laughs) I figured. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> I figured that might be the case. All right, let's do this. Jennifer had a chance to catch up with one of our auditors and talk a little bit about a product they reviewed. We're going to do that. We're coming back with a little study show and have a guessing game. And then Monty answers a bunch more listener questions on today's episode. So all of that is still coming up. It's product review time. My favorite part of the show where I get to sit down and chat with our beloved auditors who have taken time out of their lives to receive a product from horselovers.com, test it thoroughly, and decide whether or not they enjoyed it or not, and then they come on the show and tell us all about it. Welcome to the show, Joy Orr. Hi, Jennifer. So tell me, what product did you get? So I got the Noble Outfitters Cozy Cowl Sweater. Sweater. Now, mm. now, is this sweater like um, your grandpa wore that's itchy with a, with a V-neck, or is this something slightly more stylish? It's very stylish. Um, it's not too form-fitting. So um, for me, especially in the fall and the winter, I like to wear layers. So it's too tight. You feel really constricted in the saddle. Um, but it's not so bulky and big that I kind of feel like I'm wearing my dad's sweater. <laughs> now, is it is it a knit sweater or is it made of fleece or what, what's it made of? So I, it's not exactly like a fleece. It is soft, but not so, I, I don't know. It's a good way to say it kind of got like plasticky fleece that you can get at like a JC Penney, just mm-hmm. a knockoff brand fleece. It's, it's very nice. It feels knitted. It feels like high quality material. Um, soft, but also athletic at the same time. I do think it's moisture wicking, or at least I found it to be so. Oh, yeah, it's it's pretty great. <laughs> now, does how about the uh, sleeve length, body length, things like that? Yeah, it fits perfect to size. Um, so I ended up getting a small, um, and it wasn't too tight at all. Um, exactly what I expected. I'm pretty tall. Um, I'm five eight, and um, but the sleeves were perfect. It actually has little holes, like a thumb hole. So while I'm riding, I can make sure it doesn't like slide up in my jacket. Oh, that's um, handy. Which was pretty, yeah, it was pretty nice. Or if I decide to go running or take my dogs for a walk, I can just stick that on as well. It's just kind of convenient. Um, it does have a nice little kangaroo pouch, which I really love. That's perfect for putting my pony's treats in. Um, and then the cowl isn't so large that it gets stuffed and you feel very constricted like in your winter jacket if you're wearing it as a layer um Mm -hmm. it's just like the perfect amount where it keeps your neck warm but you're not feeling like you're getting choked (laughs) so it's a it's got a cowl neck which means it's a turtleneck ish but a little bit enlarged and kind of fluffy almost like a built-in scarf i would say yeah, it's exactly like that. It does have um, nice little drawstrings, and they're not too long. So for me, I always think about safety hazards when I'm riding. Oh. Uh, you never want anything that could potentially get caught on anything. And it's, they're not too long, and they have not gotten lost in the sweater like some sweatshirts do. Oh, you put your hoodie in the washing machine at the first time, and the next time you pull it out, you go, uh, the drawstring's gone. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <I> know <laughs> no, this is a very well-made item, and... I've loved it. I wore it every single day in the winter. Um, It washes easy. You can do it in any cycle. It doesn't shrink, I found. Sure, if you really try, you could make it happen. But um, I haven't had any issues or it hasn't been high maintenance at all. Um, 
it doesn't stay damp, which I really like. Um, like I said, it seems like it is a bit moisture wicking. I don't get overheated in it. Um, perfect layer for fall. If you're not into wearing a light jacket, you want something just, just enough to keep you warm. There um, we go. It's probably my, one of my favorite items in my closet right it's, now. It's, so <laughs> it's very useful, and the, the fit seems to be true. What color did you get? I ended up getting the, it's like a maroon cranberry because that's our riding colors. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really hard to pick. So they have like a, a steel gray that looks very stylish but go with everything. And then they also had like a mountain green that was really pretty as well. Well, there we go. The Noble Outfitters Cozy Cowl Sweater. Available as we do this product review from horselovers.com. That's lovers with a Z.com for $49.95. And thank you, Joy, for doing our product review today. Anytime. Thanks for having me. And visit horselovers.com for all the other specials and deals going on right now as well. Thank you to Joy for doing that and to Jennifer. Well, it is that time of the month. Once a month, we take a look at studies, and I just basically search for study show and Google, bring up the last month, and see what we have wasted our money on studying because we already knew the answer to it. Now, we've made this into a little bit of a guessing game that uh, Jamie and Jemmy, are you here, Jemmy? Did I get you back? Um we're going to get them both playing along here and I'm see here, here. see which one of you comes closest to this and the oh, way Lord. I estimate Jimmy's it, usually a lot funnier than me at this so <laughs> yeah, we're know. counting on you Jimmy Don't put that kind of pressure on me <laughs> So um let's see what we wasted our money on in the last month Studies show not getting enough sleep seems to be bad for your health Ding 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 um, She's quicker than you. Uh, see, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that was too easy. Like, I was going to go with something like not getting enough sleep makes you drink more. Yeah, I don't know. You <laughs> have more sex. Not something. getting enough sleep seems to be even more deadly than we thought. Oh, oh God. Yeah. I'm going back to bed. Wait, and this I thought about you too me. because neither one of you sleep really well. So. Sponsored by the Grim Reaper? My goodness, that was dreary. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to need some health insurance, Glenn, um, because apparently. <laughs> we don't insure I'm people die. that are going to die soon. So we, we, we don't do that. Uh, <laughs> because you two don't sleep at all. So I don't know. Um, studies show that cycling, like bicycling, is. <laughs> this one you're going to laugh. Cycling, like bicycling, is the same thing. No, but is the study uh, show... Good for your joints. Bad for your wiener if you're a man. (laughs) (laughs) Is the healthiest way to get around and makes you thinner? Is there anybody that thought riding your bike a lot made you fatter? (laughs) No, I just... I thought it was always just being the golf cart. I thought the golf cart sounded like we get way more exercise than that. (laughs) See? Yeah, I did. Yep, you're right. Yeah, Jack, by the way, plays golf like, I don't know, a couple times a week now that he's Mr. Airline Pilot. And um, I'm like, he's like, oh, man, I'm tired. I've been out there all day. I'm like, babe, you literally get in the cart. You drive to your ball. You get out. You hit the ball. You get back in the cart. And then you drive to the ball. There is absolutely zero exercise in golf. Okay? Take a bicycle. You know, they used to let you walk, but a lot of courses don't let you walk anymore because you're slowing everybody down. You're too damn slow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's right. Through there. Yeah. I used to walk them. There was this golf course on the side of a mountain in Pennsylvania we lived at, and I was good for about nine holes. The last nine, I could barely swing the golf club. I was panting so hard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Studies show crime increases. 
Crime increases. Is there, what's the next word? That during. Crime increases during. Hurricanes. The, <laughs> ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Said by the girl who lives through hurricanes down there. Exactly. Yeah. Are you going? She's out, out robbing places. <laughs> hurricanes coming. I'm getting me a TV. No comment. No comment. Hey, the electricity's out. The street. The street cameras don't work. So I'm good. <laughs> She's such a city girl. I would have never thought of that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's even more basic than that. Studies show crime increases during summer months. Now, is there anybody that thought that crime was worse in the middle of winter and ten feet of snow? You know what? I'm really feeling like going to break in a bunch of cars. Give me my snow scraper. (laughs) Honestly, they just have to listen to our floor duh segment on FFP to know that there are a lot of dumb crime. There's a lot of dumb crime that happens in the summer. It's It's hot. It's hot. And and in Uh, the case of Florida men, it's mostly naked guys doing the crime. Yeah, that seems to be. It's too hot to wear clothes. (laughs) Studies show effective air conditioning. Is uh keeps people alive in Phoenix. Keeps <laughs> your house cooler than ineffective air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good too. Studies show effective air conditioning protects your brain function. Oh. Because if you think about it, when you get really hot, your brain slows down. So Makes again, sense. I could have told them that one. Or they didn't need okay, study. so this is this is the nerd in me speaking. When you think about it, server rooms and stuff with a lot of equipment, they have to be kept cool. Yeah. So the equipment doesn't overheat. Your body has to be kept cool. It makes sense. It's like a brain. I get it. The computer's like a brain. It needs to be yeah. cool. New, and this relates to that one. A new study sh- uh, shows that air pollution is... Worse in warmer temperatures. Close. Oh. <laughs> I was going for it. Bad for your brain. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> really? Ding, ding, ding. Yes, new studies show that air pollution is bad for your brain. What, sucking in grime and crap all day is bad for your brain? Oh, Who would have thought? Somebody studied that? I know. <laughs> uh, workplace wellness programs, dot, dot, dot. Studies show um. that workplace wellness programs drive down the cost of insurance. I don't believe it, but it's just... <laughs> I think workplace wellness programs make people laugh while they're in their cubicle getting fatter. Like, uh-huh. Well, you're both right, actually. Workplace wellness programs don't work well. <laughs> so <laughs> they're not working. I um, remember when I worked in that, that three weeks that I worked at the regional office of State Farm Insurance, um, they were having like this, like... They would say, okay, guys, you know, at uh, 10 o'clock, everybody can come down and do this little workout thing. And I went down there to see what was going on, and there was nobody there. <laughs> like, the, there was like the teacher. I was like, uh, you know, just go to the restroom. Okay, bye. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, oh, this one's for you, Jamie. Studies show that vegans and vegetarians lack. Um, vegans and vegetarians lack the killer instinct that those of you who like to shove dead animals in your mouth have, because apparently you think that, I don't know, murdering animals and for your own personal consumption is okay. How about lack the, lack the social awareness to not make us all feel guilty about still eating meat. (laughs) (laughs) There are a lot of those too. Ding, ding, ding. I have to give it to all of you, but it's not the answer. Uh, Vegans and vegetarians lack key vitamins needed for health. Again, what have I been kidding you about? What did I ask you the first time I thought you were vegetarian? What's everybody ask you? Do you take vitamins? Uh, 
every time. No, every person goes, how do you get your protein? Yeah, and I'm well, like, I don't know, breathing. You ha- <laughs> Am I wasting away? Apparently not. <laughs> and then I'm going to, this is a follow-up to that too. And again, it's like, okay, we all knew that. Mom told us this 40 years ago. Studies show vegetables, dot, dot, dot. Are good for you. Exactly. Are awesome. Yeah, that's right. Provide Wait, impressive somebody health studied benefits. that? Yes, recently. <laughs> Studies show vegetables provide impressive health benefits. Didn't but my grandmother enough, tell me that? <laughs> not enough to fight off the lack of nutrients that vegans have. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. I don't understand. I think, it, I think what happened <laughs> is that the um, Farmers uh, a Meat Growers Association that Google that. That's got to be a thing. Um, did a study about how vegans and vegetarians are lacking. And then the Vegetarian and Vegan Association LLC was like, well, we're going to do a study so, yeah. about how veggies are good for you. So exactly. it's like they're fighting with each other and we're just watching. Hey, I do have good news for you, though, Jamie, because I did look at the vegan story to see unhel- unhe- how unhealthy you were. And it says more than 7 million Americans are now vegetarian and more and more are converting every year. The number of vegans in the U.S. increased by 600% between 2014 and 2017. Now, okay. I always love this when they is... use percentages because it means it probably went from 10 to 20 or 30 or 60. <laughs> but um, it did increase 600%. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I've been a vegetarian for, let's see, if I'm uh, 31 years and I've not had a bite of meat in, since I was nine years old. And it used to be impossible to go out to eat. I would have a baked potato with nothing on it and a, a garden salad without the bacon. Like that was what I would eat. Now, everywhere I go, there's like multiple options, which freaks me out because I'm only used to having one choice. And now I'm like, <laughs> I, over to make a decision. Going, I don't know what to get. I don't, I don't know how to eat. I can't pick. I can't, I can't choose. There's like, there's three selections and I'm dying right now. Cause I can't choose. I want them all. <laughs> okay. A couple more. And because I haven't gotten to the one about marijuana yet, I always have one in there for Jimmy's sake. Um, so Whatever. <laughs> stoner, what's up? Yeah. He's you. <laughs> Medical use. Studies going. show. <laughs> she just, Seems to, seems to know the answers to all of those every month. Studies show post high school women don't what? Women that graduate from high school don't what? Continue to be cheerleaders. Don't have, uh, <laughs> That's a good one. So I have no idea. Honestly, I'm I can't even come with anything funny. I'm done. Okay, <laughs> they know. they don't exercise anymore. Which I thought oh. was interesting. Yeah. Uh, studies show that television kills your... Let me stop you. Let yes. me go back to that. Yeah. Because I'm just going to call a little BS on this. Let me tell you how many of the fat boys in high school there are now. Well, I'm sure okay? there's a study for that, too. Uh, that'll be next month. <laughs> Don't you downgrade women, okay? <laughs> television. Studies show that television kills your... Brain cells. We've heard that forever, right? Oh, no. This is your something family different. family time. Uh, d- nope. <laughs> Uh, sex Bedroom life. time. Yeah, <laughs> sex life. Studies show that uh, family television time was kills- my was my euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> Creating <laughs> families at that time. Um, Glenn, I disagree because it just depends on what you watch. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't think porn was included in that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. Think- <laughs> studies show that this state is the leader in pot use. That no, be marijuana be use. Florida, California. Colorado. California. Boy, you're all wrong. And I knew this because I lived there, and it was very heavily in use at that time. And that's Massachusetts is the biggest state for pot use, not Colorado, like everybody thinks. 
I would have totally thought California. I had no idea about Massachusetts. Yeah, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. They have the big pot thing on, on uh, 420 every year in the park in the middle of Boston where, where oh, thousands. Oh, who's sounding like he knows a lot about it now, Because I right? live there. Because I live there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> He's like, and then when you would go Thank to this you with brush. <laughs> walk around Goodness and then gracious. I would see, yeah, and then, then you see like the tables that are the setting out, you know, and then like you can try different varieties. How do you know, Glenn? <laughs> well, I got two more for you and these actually involve horses. And his favorites were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two more that actually there's there's different kinds. I didn't know that. Um, st- uh-huh. st- two more, and these are about horses, believe it or not. Studies show the number and severity of equine respiratory problems is expected to rise if their owners smoke pot. There you go, happy. <laughs> I made a pot joke. <laughs> I tied it in. I love it. Hey, maybe that would help Zeus not be so unhappy in his stall. <laughs> Could mellow him out. Do they do animals for torn. horses? Now I'm torn between because like reserping is a is a, a sedative that's like um a pot for horses. <laughs> like it's like pot brownies for horses, I guess. Well, could we and, just um, use pot brownies? Has that been studied? You could do see? a study. Oh my god. Anybody wanna send me some pot? Because I don't know where to get that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mom who's married to a fighter pilot. There's no pot within 100 miles of us. Hey, write a bad ad. I'm sure you'll come up with yeah. a lot of Yeah, put that on Craigslist. Craigslist, here See we See what you get. <laughs> All right, last one. Oh, by the way, that one's number and severity of equine respiratory problems expected to rise, get this, in smoky areas in California. <laughs> See? I was right. <laughs> now, a study had to show that like, we couldn't figure that out for ourselves. And this is the lamest study I've ever seen, and it's true. It was actually posted. Studies show that vets, veterinarians, are best... When you break up with them and they go their own separate way, you big stupid jerk. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Seaman got me started. (laughs) Get this. When they don't have to run out to pick up their kids from the bus? No, studies show veterinarians are best for diagnosing lameness. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Now, what was the alternative? Um, The dentist? uh, Can they diagnose the lameness of this bit? Do you know that there are plenty of farriers that diagnose lameness? Oh, I didn't think about farriers. (laughs) But they're not supposed to. So don't listen to your bloody farrier tell you what your horse wrong with your horse. I didn't think about farriers. That's probably why they did this study. And Mm -hmm. it was probably done by the veterinary board of the United States. So there you go. There's August's study show. Uh, You got about half of them right. or You got close on a lot of them. It's not about getting them right. It's about making you guys laugh. That's what we're trying for. <laughs> and about realizing how ridiculous it is that we do all these studies in the first place. When I already exactly. know the answer, just pay Jamie and I. We will be happy to tell you the answer before you do the study. <clears throat> we, don't, we don't need the study. Hey, Glenn, yes? did you know that fire smoke is bad for your lungs? <laughs> I know. I know. That's Million amazing. dollars, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to, I really don't even need to do, ask a thousand people. I can probably figure that out. All right. Uh, so you had a chance, just set this up for us because next okay. we have some Q&A. 
So this is the segment that I got to do at Monty's where I got to sit down with Monty and ask him, Monty Roberts, by the way, and ask him your questions, the questions that you auditors, I put up a post in the the Facebook auditors room and I'm like, Hey, anybody have a training question for Monty? So these are the questions by you guys and some other random people that uh, also emailed me uh, questions for him. So at any rate, here you go. This is me sitting in Monty's I'm going to say it's his parlor and his parlor uh, asking these questions, All right, which was we, a big thrill. All right, here we go. Um, Rachel says her horse is afraid of minis. How can I safely introduce my horse to a mini? Oh, my goodness. Horses are neophobic. Anything new is not invited. Get out. And if only you could see the work I'm doing with deer and realize that anything new causes chaos within the herd. I to Just today, I saw a little deer tip a bucket over. And when the bucket landed on the ground, the whole herd went <laughs> crazy up the side of the mountain. It was unbelievable. Anything new. And you know that all of your listeners, I'm sure, realize that every horse is frightened of pigs. Yes. Pigs smell funny, look funny, and sound funny. So that's all new, and they will get the heck out when they see, hear, or smell a pig, unless they were raised on a pig farm. <laughs> and they love pigs. So it isn't something that the horse has to be frightened of. It's new. So find a mini and keep that mini safe by being sure that the horse can't kick it or bite it or trumple it. Um, but get the mini around the horse. You can borrow a mini from somebody or you can have them come by and play with it just uh, for the sake of minis are frightened of big horses <laughs> uh, if they're new because they are equus and they are frightened of anything new, neophobic. So, you know, right at the moment I have a filly that just has to have company. She just has to have company. And she was injuring herself every night in the stable by trying to get a better look at the horse in the next stall or whatever she was doing. Oh, it was just terrible. Every morning she had blood coming out of her knee or a hock or something. And I said, get me a gelding goat. And <laughs> one of my guys got a gelding goat. And the goat was too wild. It was as wild as a deer. And I thought, oh, my God, we're in big trouble. But we can get the goat channel. Surely we can get the goat channel. So I had him build a cage in the corner of the stall, a big stall, double size. And we put the goat in the cage. And the goat was in the cage for 48 hours, doing fine. And then they came in the morning, about 48 hours after we put the goat in there, and found that the goat had jumped out of the cage. <laughs> and the two were getting along just fine. Well, they are in love now to the 10th power. And so you can get a horse used to anything. Um, as long as it doesn't hurt them, as long as you're fair with them and you take time to keep them in a safe place, 
they can become accustomed to not rattlesnakes, maybe, but <laughs> almost anything. So um, minis, that's no problem at all. Your horse will love a mini if you just get them accustomed to a mini. And uh, make sure that the mini is safe and your horse is safe. Fantastic. Jennifer says, do you have any tips for getting a horse to relax at a show? Yeah. Neophobic. The show is new. They haven't been here before. This is down the road there and over 10 miles and it's a building or it's an outdoor arena that has signs on it to go to certain hamburger stand or something <laughs> like that. That's a rodeo man for you right there. Yeah. Hot dog stand. <laughs> and, and the wind is blowing and the flags are flying. Why wouldn't a horse be nervous at a show? The tendencies that we need to build into this scenario are to go places, show them things and keep them safe. Generally speaking, I know when I was in university, they said horses didn't learn observationally. But I'm telling you they do. And if you have an old gelding that can go along with them that doesn't spook at the hamburger stand, <laughs> they will learn faster. And they'll feed off of that quiet gelding and they will become more calm. That's the best way. Not drugs. If you start with the settling and all this stuff, they don't learn. You're blanking the brain out. So there isn't a learning curve connected with the mind-altering drugs that people tend to use in situations like this. I mean, to be fair, if you have to do it to stay safe, do it. But don't expect the horse to learn from it. So get an old gelding, go down the road, stop off at your neighbor's place, have them bang a drum from the roof or something, <laughs> you know, and let them see things and find out that the world isn't as bad as they think it is. They'll settle at a show. Okay, so I have this friend who has this Mustang. <laughs> and this Mustang was born at a holding facility and lived there for six years. He opens everything. <laughs> he will open a gate. He can open double D snaps. He <laughs> is amazing. Now, my <clears throat> friend has learned that... She has to chain the stall shut with a carabiner that has to be facing a certain way. Otherwise, he can yeah. get it out. But now he has begun because in, I mean, my friend has these mare motels, you know, these, uh, just stall bars, uh, parallel and bars. Yeah, yeah, parallel bars. And he has begun slamming his foot against the bars and it's not feeding time he gets turned out 15 hours a day he has to come in a couple hours so some other horses can go out and he is so loud and destructive and i'm afraid uh, <clears throat> she's afraid she's the horse is gonna hurt itself your friend is a she <laughs> so and you get to see this horse often i might know the person that has <laughs> zeus <laughs> okay so how, what can I do to get him to to stop it? I mean, I put a dually halter on him, mm -hmm. and I stood far away. And every time he would mm -hmm. do it, I would school him at the halter yeah, and yeah. stop it. But then I take the halter off, and he's like back 
to action. Yeah, and not only that, but you have to be in his presence. Mm -hmm. If you're not there, he knows how to handle this deal. Um, one of the things that I have in From My Hands to Yours is the kicking ring idea. And I'm telling you that they work. Now, in this particular case where you say it's a front foot, or the, the motion that you made looked like it was a front foot. It's a front foot. foot, yes. Yeah, to me. So it's pawing these parallel bars. And <clears throat> the foot goes flying out there, hits the parallel bar and stops. And if they're wearing kicking rings right up and down that front leg, I mean, you have to get innovative with these things, <laughs> but it's dang uncomfortable for them to bang the thing. And then the, the ring comes clunking down on them. And I have, I have never hurt a horse with kicking rings. Generally we use them on the hind feet. Often it's a stallion that kicks the wall um, or kicks in a trailer. And um, the kicking ring is explained in the, um, from my hands to yours book. But you have to get innovative for a front foot. They can wear a nice loose one right down at the coronary band, really loose. And it's a heavy bar that your farrier can make for you easy. If he looks at my book, he can make it very easily. You can put one above the pastern above the fetlock joint. You can even put one above the knee, but the one above the knee has to have a kind of a, a, a top uh, harness over the withers so that it doesn't fall down below the knee. But if you make the right harness, and I have done it, where you have them down both front legs, and they're wearing this harness, and they have like five rings heavy rings down their front legs, they will stop pawing. They will stop. They may do it for a while, but it keeps clunking them. You don't have to be there. Um, some people have said to me, oh, that's mean. Well, it's darn mean to have a horse get hurt or cut a coronary band badly with, with the thing. You have to weigh and measure these things. Mm -hmm. If the horse is producing his own pain, by behavior that you can alter, I think you owe it to him to alter that behavior. Do you know what I owe it to, Monty? Let's be honest. I owe it to um, the fact that if this could stop, I might save my marriage. Because this <laughs> yeah. is the most frustrating. He goes, you got to sell this horse. I can't stand this horse. And I'm like, but I love him. He's the yeah, best. Yeah, He's yeah. like, I wish you didn't love him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see. We'll keep going then. All right. Susan says, my halflinger, hofflinger, jigs. She charges into the trot or the canter. She has been vetted, has had hawk injections, chiropractic adjustments. How can I make her into the nice riding horse I am wanting her to be? Well, first of all, we're not going to make her into anything. <laughs> But we'll cause her to want to be a different horse. I recently worked with a gold medal winner in the Olympics that had a horse that he would jump clear in the show jumping. And then when you had to go with speed, when he got rolling with speed, he just run away. And you couldn't guide him to stay on course. And he said, it's impossible. I guess I'm just going to have to get rid of him because it's impossible. And I said, let me watch you. 
and he was trying to make him slow down, make him slow down. And I said, you know, leave your reins down. What? He'll kill me. No, 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 no. We put some low fences. We go into a good fenced area with good footing that is not very big. And we ask him to go fast over a small fence and leave the reins down. And then we'll ask him to go fast over another one and leave the reins down. And he would go to the fence and sort of make his turn and come back and go over another jump. And pretty soon he said, you know, he's not fighting me anymore. And he started going a more reasonable speed. And now I said, just guide him. Well, he's winning everything. <laughs> he's winning everything. And he, he, he's a wonderful, he's 18 hands. Wonderful jumper. And he goes clean every time. But then he was going nuts when he, when he got up the speed. Now he's not. Don't make your horse do anything. Cause your horse to want to do it. A good trainer can make him do almost anything, but the great trainer can cause him to want to do it. So I say, get in a smaller place than you've been riding. Good footing. Safe fence. Halflingers are not known for jumping six feet anyway. So, <laughs> um, uh, safe fencing, good footing. Leave your hands down. Breathe. Relax. You, you, I can promise you that if I were watching you and this jig, jig jogging, as you said, and pulling into when you're trying to trot instead of just going along nice and relaxed, I guarantee you that I could watch you and say, whoa, relax. Why do you pick your hands up every time he goes to jog or jig? Well, because he's going to go fast, so I want him to go slower. No, you want him to go faster. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. Because then you can stop and back up and show him that that's not what you want. But for now, I want you to make a mistake so I can show you what the mistake is. And every time he jigs, when you just want a nice quiet trot, stop. Let him do it and then stop and back up. And drop your hands and go again. And stop and back up. I've got horse after horse on my list that now will stand still. Or now will walk on a loose rein. Or now will canter on a loose rein. When I got the people to relax and let the horse make a mistake, correct him for the mistake, and do it again. I'm grinning because this is the exact same thing. That three years ago, you told me over and over and over again, when Thor was, he would just run away, a walk, try, canter, gallop. And with him, we did some smaller circles and into the fence and the backing up. And it was, let him make the mistake, let him go three, this was standing still, let him walk three steps, back him up six. Do you know what that horse is doing now? This monster, huge Mustang that was running away with me. He is my beginner riding lesson there horse. You are. There you are. I'll show you some pictures. Little girl, we take him out to the fields and we have farm fields around and she canters him around just yeah. uh, like on a loose rein, cantering in a group. Yeah. And he's just perfect. Yeah. And, and Jamie, you can ride and you're young, you're fit. <laughs> and you are. 
compared to me, you're a child. <laughs> and you're young and fit and you can ride. So I didn't really take you to a small place. I had you out in my big arena. Good footing. But I had you out there because I knew you could stop him. I, I felt very strongly that he wasn't going to injure you. It's just a matter of getting this relaxation going. So I left you out there in the big place. I'm saying to your listeners, go in a small place so that you don't get up that speed that might get you injured. And I want to be responsible, uh, a responsible mentor, if you will. And so I want you first to go incremental into a small place and then gradually go to a larger place with good footing, good fences, and stay safe. But learn to relax, not that drawing up of your hands. I'm curling my wrists right now and pulling, you know, you don't even know you're doing it. You didn't know you were doing it. And I'd say, you, why'd you pick your hands up? Oh, <laughs> you know, and, and it, you're human. It's you just the whole fear of death thing. But you know what? If you go on again, I'm just going to plug the university again. Do you remember the halflinger I brought here? Yes, I do. Hogan. The bulldozer, you called him. We took him in that smaller pen and did some of those exercises. So you can see that on the university as well, as well as me riding this tiny little tank of a, <laughs> of yeah. a halfling. And you know something that's going on right now, Jamie? I, I don't know whether you know it about it or not. But I was doing a couple of years ago, I was doing a demonstration in the middle of England. And a lady came with a mule. And this mule was raised in Ireland. He's all over the internet right now. He was raised in Ireland by travelers, they call them now. And he was tied on the side of the road. He was abused badly. And he ended up in a horse rescue place. And this lady rescued him. And he was beautiful, a beautiful mule. And she brought him and she wanted me to use him in my demonstration. And I had on my team, I had quite a few people saying, you can't do a mule. Nobody in the stands <laughs> will understand about a mule. I love mules. And I said, I want to do this mule. And then they said, okay, so do the mule. So I did the mule. And I think my audience liked it. And we have some wonderful footage of me doing this mule. His name was Wallace. And I remember saying to the owner, I'll just call him Wally. And she said, his name is Wallace. <laughs> it thought, sounds like something I would say. Proper, no, sir. <laughs> a proper name for this mule. <laughs> it's Wallace. Well, Wallace is now a star on BBC television. Um, a wonderful man uh, who is a champion in dressage um, saw him and recommended to the owner that she get him some training in dressage. And he has now won two dressage competitions. Um, and everybody in England is in love with him. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's the ultimate. He's viral. Yeah. Yeah. He's viral on, on the internet. But, um, uh, underdogs are loved and everybody wants. I mean, he's such an example of the kid born on the wrong side of the tracks, mm -hmm. uh, abusive parents. Uh, you know, an orphanage. And then somebody sees some talent in that young man who then becomes a president of a corporation or something. I mean, that's Wallace the mule. 
and I will never call him Wally again. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. This kind of thing is what my life is, and and uh, I, I don't know. If I hadn't found horses, I don't know how I could have lived these 83 years. It's been fantastic. Well, just a couple more, and I'll let you live without me in your house. Um <laughs> Uh, two, two things. Uh, Rhonda wants to know, how do I keep my horse from eating grass while leading him when I stop to tighten the girth? Yeah, well, that's funny that she says stop to tighten the girth because I, I'm afraid he eats grass anytime you stop. Yeah. Whether it's to tighten the girth or, or something else. And, um, if you're using a dually halter or you're riding with a dually halter, that's one thing. If you're not and you're riding with a normal bit and sofa, put a dually halter on under the bit and bridle and then invite him to eat. We're back to the same thing again. Leave the rope or the lead fairly long and let him go get it. And the instant that he opens his mouth to take that grass, just tighten the dually halter and back him up about four steps. And when he lowers his head again, and he will, you do it again and again and again. And eventually he'll lower his head a little bit and then say, ah, it's not worth it. And you, you will keep your horse from doing that. I promise you it'll work. You have to persist though. And you can't make mistakes. Um, what is your, Courtney wants to know, what is your opinion on training aids such as side reins, draw reins, the Pessoa rig, etc.? My opinion on those kind of things, figure eight nose bands and um, things to tie their mouth shut and all, all these sort of training aids that you're, I think, paraphrasing and mentioning in a list of them. Um, I have one thing to say about that. I mean, if it's working for you and you're, you're winning gold medals in the Olympics, use what you use. But... The only thing that matters about headgear is the hands that hold it. And you can take headgear that looks vicious, very, very taxing and terrible. And if you have beautiful hands, you can ride a horse with that with no pain at all. And if you have clubs for hands... I don't care what you put on them. You're going to be abusive to the horse's head. So first of all, get your hands right. The most important part of any headgear is the hands that hold it. When your hands are right, the headgear will be right. And you won't need a lot of those things that you read off on that list. Um, Pessoas are good if they're used properly and gently um, they will cause a horse to get round and elevate his, the center of his back. And they'll do a lot of good things, get good head position. If a Pessoa is used to force the horse, then they will learn to tug on it. And as soon as it's gone, you've got an upside down horse that is all wrong of everything because he's trying to go against that bloody thing that's now gone and he says, now I can get my head where I want it to be. So Pessoas are wonderful, used properly, just like snaffles are wonderful, used properly. Spade bits are wonderful, used properly. Um, so remember, it's the hands that hold it. 
Well, there you go. You, I think that the most fascinating part of that, Jamie, was at the end there. And I'm sure a lot of people were expecting a different answer on the equipment mm-hmm. question. Weren't, mm-hmm. Don't I, you think? I was. Yeah, I was too. I was for sure. And, and I just, you know, with naming all of those that the the, the question, I, I remember it's in the question, in, but um, naming all of those. I thought it would elicit a reaction from him, one particular one or the other. Well, this, you know, this is going to do this, or this one's going to do this. And yeah, I mean, he just blankets it so well. But I mean, he came it, back and basically said, you know, I don't care what the equipment is, if it's used proper, you know, it all comes yeah. back to the rider still, right? I mean, yeah, that's, and I was kind of surprised, but happy also that he said it that way, because we've been saying that yeah. for years, not knowing what we're talking about, is it's it's not usually the equipment that's the problem. It's the person using it. To sit there and listen to him talk about, you know, and take all these questions. First of all, that's, this is a but He doesn't have them in advance. So, I mean. No, no, I sit down with him and like, we just go over them. Um, so to, to have this time with a legend like Monty and then to be able to hear his answers and he is so fair and he's so consistent and he's so anti use of pain, you know, don't hit your horse. Like don't cause it pain. You will break it. It's just so consistent. And that's what I, why I wanted to get certified in that method because like you can almost figure out anything with a horse now, because if you just use these simple ideals and using the horse's language and, and it's like a more of a psychology course than a horse training course, you know, that's part of it, but using all of his thoughts and theories for things and using no pain and using, uh, it just was really, really cool. And what an honor to be able to sit there and have him take these questions. Nobody gets to do that, Glenn. I know. Like we, I know. Our show is awesome. <laughs> like how lucky we are yeah. to be able to do that. I mean, just to sit down with any legend and pick their brain. Pretty awesome. Yeah. I thought the bit thing at the end, that really got me because, it, you know, it, and he's right. You can have a snaffle bit in there, but if you're hauling on the mouth, you're still hauling mm-hmm. on the mouth, right? Yeah. Oh, I put a soft bit in his mouth, but you're a jerk <laughs> and you're yanking at your horse's face. Yeah. Off. You do see some of these r- professional riders that had the lightest touches using what we would consider, now take, you know, we take corkscrew bits and all that out, um, you know, take chains out and all of that. But um, they're using what we would consider look like a nasty bit to, to most people, but the way they're using it isn't because mm-hmm. they have the softest hands in the world, uh, you know, so uh, it was fascinating. I, that one surprised me. Everything else I kind of predicted the answer, that one took me a little off guard. Yeah, so, pretty yeah, cool. Interesting. Cool. cool. Well, thank you for doing that, and thank you for taking the time to sit down with him. And I'm sure the listeners who asked the questions appreciate it, too. Just we, so you guys know, I did get dressed up to go up there and do that. I did not come in my barn boots. stinky like, barn boots? No? I did. I, like, put on nice Was Monty jeans. there in his stinky barn boots? <laughs> <laughs> never. He never looks dirty. Does he always wear the little collar thingy? Yes. What's always. that called? That has a name. I can't remember. The little like concho thing. Yeah, the, the, the he wears the ribbon thing. He wears a blue shirt. He wears the brown pants, and he wears the red bandana with the little concho thingy. And it's just simply, and he will never tell does you. Does he sleep in it? Does he not take it off? Uh, um, he... I have actually, and I probably shouldn't tell you this. I've seen him in his like f- clothes that he just wears around the house yeah. when he's not wearing that, and he wears a black like jumpsuit, sweatsuit. And I'll tell you why I figured it out. He has to have the same shirt and the same pants and a black 
set of pajamas. That's all he owns because he is completely colorblind. Oh, really? Forget that. Completely colorblind. He sees nothing. And taking pictures outside in the sun, like I just even though he has a cowboy hat on, the reflection is really hard on his eyes. But he sees at night incredibly well. So it's 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 really interesting. So I think that's, that's the way to go. Have the same color, everything. You have any decisions to make? Oh my God! Wouldn't that? Wouldn't we <laughs> just wake like up. Which blue shirt am I going to wear today? <laughs> yeah, and they all look the same. So which one's clean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like this idea. Yeah, it doesn't have to match anything. And his pajamas are black, so he's not wearing a purple shirt and pink pants, you know, like he, because he would know. He, you could totally mess with him, by the way. <laughs> Debbie Lauks, mess with your daddy and let's put some different clothes in that drawer to see what happens. I don't think that's going to go well. No, uh, just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, there'll be no show tomorrow. Tomorrow we're dark because it's the fifth Thursday and we just don't have a show. Uh, and then Friday, we're back with some really bad ads. So tomorrow, the time you have off gives you time to look for some really bad ads. So go do that. Yeah, and send true. them to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Me- and uh, I don't... Oh, the prize is a box of crap this month, too. So it's a box of Ada crap that we got from Ada. So you definitely want to get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Jamie has to go because she's packing. And uh, she's got 10 years worth of filth to clean. So I'm getting Thor fit for a 25-mile endurance ride taking my marshmallow. Are you really going to think about that, Thor? I've already paid for it. And my is there anybody else you can ride? A horse and that or the damn pony. Oh, and so I actually was like, "Can you drive the pony for twenty five?" Thirteen three. <laughs> yeah, that's like, not good. <laughs> like, it, would it be okay to take him twenty five miles? He's mine now. Well, you are much, five so. two, but still, I, you might take some ribbing for that one. I'm I'm at the top of his limit for sure, yeah. and I don't think twenty five miles is very fair. And then the other question is Thor's barefoot. Did I now have to put? Did they have on a fifteen it? mile option for Thor, or a five mile you know option, what? or maybe I would a like mile? A four four mile option yes. for Thor. <laughs> you just walk around the trailer a few times. Put him back in. Didn't the last picture I see a Thor? He's a little chunky, like Scooter. Oh God, he's a he's a marshmallow. He gets ridden by two children a week. Like one each one rides in about forty five minutes. How, many, how like, much time do you have left? Uh, a month. You ought to contact Karen Chatton. She'll help you. She'll tell you exactly what you need to do. Okay, can book her on the show for Friday. Okay, I'll book her. I'll see if I can get her on a Friday so she can, and she's going to come, you know what she's going to do? She's going to come on and laugh at you, right? I know, I know. <laughs> you but, know I that, mean, right? I need, a, I need to call in a professional here. All right, I'm going to try and get Karen for Friday, and we'll ask her a professional opinion, and you're probably going to get one you don't like just like you had no, earlier. No, I, I want help on how to get him fit. How can I get him fit in a month for 25 miles? Let's go. <laughs> she's going to be like, you can do it. Yeah, uh, with a body scale of an eight. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take some pictures and send her the pictures. He's, she's going to be like, you know, he has to cool down on a certain amount of time at the vet check, right? And he is heat intolerant. <laughs> oh, great. That's so. just perfect. <laughs> We're going to need some ice. Are you in the mountains at least uh, up there in the hills? Uh, no, oh, not so much. Well, it's, it, this, is gonna, this is going to end fairly poorly for everybody involved, just so you know. <laughs> I do want you to know I'm very sorry to hear about Zeus. I, you know, I was ki- we were kidding around earlier, but that's not a kidding matter. So, Thank you. It's fairly yeah. soul-crushing, actually. Yeah, I've I tried to put on a pretty good face. I but... know. And I, I could tell just that as you were hearing him that it was not what you were expecting to hear. So uh, Jennifer like has some advice, nice too. Bet. She overheard that part, so she said she'd talk to you. Say what now? Jennifer said she'd talk to you. She has some things she's done in the past, too. So, Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Thank you. All right, everybody. Spade, neuter, geld. Have a All good right, one. We'll see you, everybody. Have a great day. Hug your pony. Bye, Jemmy. If you're still here, I don't know. Bye. She left a long yeah, time ago. She gave up on us. I'm here. Bye. Goodbye.